So what's up, guys? We're back. We're back again. Season two, episode three. Bang bang. Is this the third? Yeah, it is the third episode. Yep, this is episode three of season two. Hopefully, you guys are all enjoying the season so far. We have something beautiful in store for you guys today. Um, but before we get into it, let's talk about the last week's challenge. Uh, I think um, in the last episode, we, we said we we're going to challenge each other to fast. If, if we felt that, no pressure yeah. and, and pray against unbelief. Uh, interestingly enough, I'm currently fasting. Same. Um, the events of the prior week have pushed, <laughs> <laughs> moved me there. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that, you know, that you guys were encouraged and that um, that you'll just continue to keep praying about those things um, and also just jump into it because sometimes I feel like we pray like Lord show me this Lord show me that when sometimes it's just like just jump in man and, and God will lead you from there you know, right. take the initiative definitely if you fall the lead into fast we definitely encourage you to go ahead and do so um, without any further ado we're going to get into our opening prayer uh, Father, we just thank you for this wonderful evening, and we thank you for you have a bunch of fun things in store for us tonight. Um, your word is going to come forth unadulterated, uncontaminated, pure, concentrated, Holy Ghost filled with the word of God. And we thank you for the people that are listening, because they are going to be blessed. We thank you, Lord, that because whenever this episode is played, lives are going to be changed. Revelations will spring forth. And ultimately, you'll get all the glory. Thank you, Father. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So, uh, we're taking all the way back to Exodus today, huh? Throwback. Yeah, it's a throwback uh, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? A, oh, yeah. It's, it's normally a throwback Thursday. Oh, oh. Yeah. I was, yeah, that caught me off. Yes, but this is throwback Tuesday. We're actually recording the Tuesday minute, so that's why I'm saying that. Anyways. Uh, if you want to flip your Bibles to Exodus chapter 14, I said we read from verses 1 to 20. Yeah, why don't we just give them a little... Um, backstory? Yeah, backstory. Because just tell like where we are in Exodus, because I, I think that will help. Um, even though I, I'm sure a lot of you will pick up on like, oh, okay, look, got it. See where we are. I do, do, um, do that? Yeah, yeah, I can do it. So prior to this, um, the Israelites had been enslaved by the Egyptians for years and years and years. Um, we see the emergence of, um, oh my gosh, Moses, Moses thanks. <laughs> uh, we see the emergence of Moses and he basically ended up killing one of the Egyptians, kind of flees because of that. Um, and by this point has come back and been like basically advocating for um, the Israelites saying like, let my people go, let my people go. Emancipation Declaration. Yeah. <laughs> Real Emancipation though. The, the original yeah, Emancipation The OG Emancipation Declaration. Yeah. Um, Back with God. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, the final sign, or what do you call it a sign? Plague, I guess. Yeah, the final plague, sorry, um, has come about. And God murdered all the firstborns. Exactly. Of everything. Yeah. The beasts of the field, slaves in the land, it's all over to Pharaoh himself. Yeah, and finally Pharaoh has been like, all right, enough is enough. You know, I get the message. You guys can go. You you can go into the wilderness and worship God. And then in addition to this, the, the Egyptians had given all their riches <laughs> to the Israelites. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At this point, so. That's kind of weird. I wish that happened to me. But, but that, that, I feel like, is like the ultimate deliverance. Yeah. Like, I know, right? Yeah. 
You know, you don't just get delivered. You get delivered dripping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, they are leaving. Um, or they've already left. Sorry. Yeah. They're, and now they're, they're, they're in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. We're gonna read from verses one through twenty, and stop there and kind of explicate on that. See how far we get, and we'll pick up. That's the next episode. Yeah. So Exodus 14, I'll, I'll read verses 1 through 10. You can do 10 through 20. Sounds good. All right. Exodus 14, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdol and the sea, opposite Baal-Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. Now it was told the king of Egypt and that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also, he took 600 choice chariots, and all the chariots of Egypt were captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pihahiroth before Baal-Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there was no there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You, own, you need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of the cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. Sorry, I had a little reading challenge at the end. Yeah, you, you, have, you have a different translation. That kind of it throws things yeah, out. That kind of messes me up. <laughs> I'm saying, oh, no. Sorry, y'all. We're like bouncing between NIV and the the KJ. NKJV. Sorry, the NKJV. I, I literally only read KJV and NKJV. Yeah, I'm a long long time NIV. Fine. <laughs> Connoisseur. 
Anyways, uh, let's get to the scripture. You know, you got any anywhere you want to dig in real quick? Um, let's let's start at the beginning because I think mm-hmm. the beginning is pretty. I, I remember initially reading this and just kind of being a little confused. So it it's it's weird because it's like he starts by talking about what Pharaoh is thinking that the Israelites are doing, and I thought that was an interesting um, perspective. So in verse, I think it's verse three, he says, Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion. Hemadin is the word that I have in mind. What does your version say? Uh, For Pharaoh will say that the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The The wilderness is closing in. Yeah, and then it said that he will harden Pharaoh's heart Mm -hmm. and he will pursue them Mm. and I will gain glory. Mm -hmm. So initially reading this, don't judge me, y'all. I was like, dang, God, you gotta be... (laughs) Why are you being so... Why are you going to do that? Exactly. I was like, dang, like, God is... I don't know, this seems a little prideful right here. Like, what's going on? A little savage. Yeah, like... I would have hardened Pharaoh's heart. Like, I was just like, what is, why? Why? To, Cause I mean, you, you have to kind of put, I don't know. I was just thinking from the perspective of like, I'm an Israelite. We mm. just like years of being enslaved, years. And then like, you're on this high of like, you just get out, right? And can you imagine the fear it's not just like you're not it's not just like able-bodied people that were traveling it's like kids families that were traveling um so just the fear of being pursued by like it's whenever it mentions pharaoh it talks about his chariots and and horsemen right mm-hmm. so why would god harden pharaoh's heart yeah right? that was my initial question was like why would god harden um, pharaoh's heart and granted he he answers it in the next verse but um, I just think it would be nice if we have like a quick conversation about that. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing like I, I've always you know there's always like um, debates about this particular bit of scripture. I, I've, I've always been tend to believe I, I don't believe God is the one that put it in Pharaoh's heart to do evil. What do I mean? You know James one talks about how when we get tempted we shouldn't say it's God who tempts us because God can tempt us. God does not know evil nor does he tempt us with evil. Mm-hmm. So. It's not God that could put it in. God did not put it in Pharaoh's heart to do all the evil and bad things he did. Yeah. Now, but nonetheless, the Bible does say God hardened Pharaoh's heart. So the, the, the only way I can kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. The only way I can kind of like reconcile the two is that what was in Pharaoh's heart, the evil that was in Pharaoh's heart was already there. Yeah. The only God that put it there, but God took advantage of it to display His glory and power. Yeah. So God allowed Pharaoh to conceive in his heart that he could actually accomplish what he set out to accomplish in terms of enslaving yeah. the um, uh, Israel. Because like you said, God could have made it such that, you know, he would have just defeated Pharaoh there and there. Yeah. But there's a reason why he allowed him to go so deep in that pride yeah. in his heart. Yeah. It's so that when the defeat and the destruction is complete, his, the, his glory would go through all the land of Egypt. They would actually yeah. know that. Alright, this guy had someone fighting for him. Yeah. And that person was God. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting too that it referenced um that he would gain glory. So it's talking about God gaining glory through Pharaoh, right? And so the Egyptians, so the, the Israelites' enemies mm-hmm. would know that 
that he, that God is Lord. So I, I just, I guess I, I just thought that was interesting that it's like you're, that part of your deliverance, like deliverance isn't just for you. Mm. It's also for your, like there's a test. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it's testimony is the right word, but there's a message also for the, your enemy, mm-hmm. right? In your deliverance as well. Wow, that's actually powerful, yeah. Definitely, I mean like, when, and, 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 and I think what's also being communicated here is that the manner of the deliverance is what accomplishes that. Mm. You know, sometimes God doesn't want to sign on deliverance. Yeah. You know, sometimes God, God doesn't want you, God, it's just true, sometimes God doesn't want you being delivered in the closet. Yeah. God wants, the whole world to be against you so that when he delivers you, no one else can get the glory. Yeah. No one else can get the fame. And the people that are watching or the people that are, that are involved will know that he's God. Yeah, yeah. You know, God has a way of silencing arguments mm. and ending debates <laughs> yeah. when he displays his power in deliverance. You know, I think like you, like you were saying, the message is most things that God does even for us as children of God is bigger than just us. Yeah. You know, that's what it's, it's God is not just delivering you for you to feel good. There's multiple sides to it. And and the, and that shows in the way he will choose to deliver you. By delivering in a way that not only are you gonna get delivered, but your sister, your brother, your father, your mother mm-hmm. are gonna have to reevaluate their spirituality. Mm-hmm. I I think it starts serving serving this God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, it's kind of crazy because I was reading the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, there are two like very significant events. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got, they didn't get consumed in the fire, and when Daniel didn't get consumed in the in the uh, uh, den, uh, lion's den. And both times, for Shadrach, for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the book of Daniel actually made a decree that they, they, they should honor the God of these three individuals. Yeah. You know, eventually he was mad. And when he gets his senses back, he I think he pretty much starts serving. He forsakes the, his God, the God of the Bible, and starts serving mm-hmm. you know God. And Daniel too, uh, when 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 I think it was Darius, mm-hmm. Darius was the king at the time. When when Darius uh, came back the next day and saw that Daniel was still alive, yeah, he <laughs> first of all he threw in the people that were part of the den into the lion's den, and he also made a royal decree that we should that everyone should honor the God of Daniel. So. The thing that God is doing in our lives and the deliverance that He's going to bring to the children, His children is to make a statement to the rest of the world so that they may know without a shadow of a doubt that He is God, like you're saying. Mm. The only thing that I find interesting too is like in the example you reference, and even here, uh, and this is kind of jumping ahead, but I, I don't know if there's anything to this, but Pharaoh and his horsemen end up getting destroyed. Yeah. So like what, in ter- I, I mean, and this might not be something that gets answered here, but I wonder what, what is the point of them, I guess, what was the point then of them knowing that, God, like, I don't, maybe they could have been, that's true, they could have been saved in that, in that short time. No, no, no. I, I think I think Egypt here refers to not just his horsemen. I mean the actual country, because the word would have gotten back to the country. That, hey, oh, uh, not hey, just. Yeah, like, hey, you're, here, you're, yeah. you're 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 king. That's and, a good and, point. And his army are like got <laughs> bodied. <laughs> they got they got bodied, bro. <laughs> done. Yeah, done like we're done. 
so so I, I don't think I don't think the, the Egypt, Egypt that's been referred to as the whole nation. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Thanks. But um, uh, something I thought was interesting was that um, you know, I guess this whole story about this Red Sea crossing is this has always been a very striking story, and there's a lot of like symbolism in the story because it's just a very powerful display of God's power. Mm and special interest in people sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, God is always interested in making a distinction. I really do believe this. And he actually says this, I think, in Exodus 13 and 12, that, that they may know that God does make a distinction between the Israelites and the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. Like, God loves the whole world, he loves everybody, but the favor of God, and this is, this is something I believe, not everyone might agree with this, but so this, is, this is something I believe. God's love is constant. Yeah. I said, for God loved the whole the world that He gave with only because. So God loves the world, believers, unbelievers. God, God will never. You are. God loves you as much as you will ever be loved right now, mm -hmm. especially if you're a child of God. Yeah. Like you're, you're never gonna do any, anything to provoke more love from God. Because mm. God's love is constant. It's permanent. It's unchangeable. He loves you as much as you will ever be loved right now. Yeah. But do you know what I don't believe is constant? What? God's favor. Mm. I, I don't believe it's God's favor is equal. I don't believe it's constant. Well, I mean, that would go against the idea of favor. Idea exactly. Of favor, yeah. So God's favor can be enticed mm. and it can be like uh, kind of rejected or, yeah. or repelled. You know? Mm -hmm. God's favor. And when the favor of God is upon a people, upon a person, upon a nation, there, there will be distinctions. Right? Now yeah. going back to this um, story of the Red Sea, even before we even get stuck about his favor, something I thought was interesting and kind of striking was from verse 10 where it says yeah. that, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt. Can you, can you imagine? Like if I'm Moses, I would have just had to flog every single but you know what's interesting and what this actually made me think of was the discussion we were having before this about um the seed and the mm -hmm. sower mm -hmm. and how um there was different hearts and different yeah ground, exactly yeah some were more useful exactly and how they if you're if the if there isn't there's not that root mm -hmm. in your life that you will be when difficult times like these come you won't be able like you'll quickly revert back yeah, like, like, so like wanting like, to be where you were before mm -hmm. like bondage the 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 effect of bondage is beyond just the actual physical binding or mental mm. binding there's some side effects that can stay with you if you're not careful you can you can clearly see a slave mentality here yeah they'd rather die slave than die free mm. and ultimately even if god didn't come to deliver them yeah let's say god didn't show up and they actually die they were they are literally saying I'd rather die a slave than die a free person. Yeah. So that's how how affected their mindset has been. Their perception. The same way yeah. the word of God can take roots mm. in your heart, the word of the world, the word of the devil can also take roots in your heart if you allow it. And it also shows that salvation doesn't mean that your perception is automatically changed. Mm. You know, I, 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 this is something that has been preached by a different preacher than I believe it too. I do believe salvation comes in three phases. There's salvation of your spirit. When you believe 
and Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are saved by grace through faith. Your spirit gets saved. You're saved from the penalty of sin. Mm-hmm. That's your spirit. Now, the Bible talks about receiving the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Mm-hmm. There is a salvation of the soul that is always currently happening. Mm-hmm. So you have been saved. Your spirit has been saved. Your soul is being saved. Yeah. Now, saved from what? The power of sin. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, where, does, where, where does sin get its power from? In how you think, in, in, in how you feel, yeah. in what you will to do, your spirit, mind, will, and emotions. Those areas of your existence, your humanity, are being saved by the word of God that is implanted, that now needs to take roots. If the word of God doesn't bear the fruits, then you're not going to, your soul is not going to be saved in that particular area. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So salvation comes in three phases. There's, you have been saved. As a child of God, you have been saved from the penalty of sin, which is your spirit now. You get uh, born again, a new spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside of you. Yeah. Now, you are, you renew your mind and you by in, receiving the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Mm. And then you, your body will be saved from the presence of sin. Yeah. When Christ returns and are raised up in our spiritual body, what is so this body of corruption will be raised up in an incorruptible body, a spiritual body. So you, we, are, we have been saved from the penalty of sin. We have we are being saved from the power of sin, and we will be saved from the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. And we are and the salvation has already happened as children of God is of the spirit. The one that is currently happening right now is of the soul, and the one that will happen is of the body. Mm-hmm. So here we can see that, yeah, because you're a child of God does not mean your mind is not still corrupted. Yeah. There is a renewal of the mind that must take place, which is why God actually, if you read a little bit previously, you see that God was like, I can take them to the short run, but I need to deal with their mindset. Yeah. This slave mentality and bringing them back to real life, a lot of us are slaves to all kinds of things. Yeah. Slaves to sex, slaves to money. Slaves to material, materiality, slaves to consumerism, slaves to comparison. Yep. So there are so many mindsets, so many mentalities, so many things that God needs to deal with, which is why God takes us through this quote unquote wilderness. Mm. It's not that He is trying to punish us. Yeah. Don't, I've always learned to don't look at what God does to you as everything God does to you is for your benefit, whether it feels good or not. Mm. It's to deal with some mindsets. Because those are also enemies. Yeah. Enemies within. And they're so, also passive destruction. Like how, imagine if they constantly thought that way. I mean, granted, they will continue to um, to think in that in that manner, in that, but, but you could see how this mentality could cause them to go back. Yeah. You, know? you, you can see how this kind of mentality makes it easy for someone to actually get that, that deliverance. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when 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 you're not, or for deliverance to be sustained. Exactly, you, because it's possible to have been delivered. At this point, they were yeah. actually delivered. They were yeah. left. They were delivered, yeah. But they were willing to fight to maintain it. Yeah. So it's possible to be delivered, and then at the first set of confrontation, go back. Yeah. So deliverance is not a. Deliverance, deliverance is something. This is a good point. Deliverance is something that must be maintained. Mm. Yeah. Deliverance is not a how do how how I say it? It's not a. The, it's the deliverance. The, the permanence in deliverance is in maintaining it. It's mm-hmm. not automatic. Mm-hmm. You can be delivered from something and run back to it. Yeah. Because you are not. Really, that's why. And and this is also a, 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 a good example to look at in terms of whenever you have been delivered from from, from a spiritual battle or a spiritual bondage, there is need for a renewal of the mind. 
Mm. Whenever you have been delivered spiritually, there is need, there is absolutely need for a renewal of the mind, or else you are likely to fall victim to that bondage again. That's why in the Bible you see those ten lepers. You, it says it says ten were healed, but one came back and gave ten, and he was made whole. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's possible for you to have a sickness. No, let's say you have a sickness now. Someone has, someone has a sickness. That sickness causes them to die. Mm-hmm. I can resurrect them, but if I when I resurrect them, I do not heal them of that sickness. They're dead. Yeah. <laughs> you get know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Deliverance is not complete until the mind has been renewed. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. When you have been delivered from a spiritual oppressor or from spiritual oppression. And why is it important for the mind to be renewed? Because it gives you a proper perception of what you left. Right? And what you left, yeah. what you have right yeah. now, and what you are reaching for. Exactly. Because the Egyptians in this time of basically oppressing, of distress, right? they forgot how horrible Egypt was. They even forgot what they were saying in Egypt. Because then they now said that they basically, they told him to leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. Mm. And that's truly not, I mean, at a point they did say that, but in the last days, that's not what they were saying. They were saying where that money at. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what they were saying at all. And then they said it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians. That's, that's, they don't even, they truly don't a, even know that. You, that. That's such a perverted mindset. Yeah. And it just shows you that there is need, like, like, we, like we already said, when there's deliverance that takes place, there is need for a renewal of the mind. There is need to be made whole. Mm. It's not enough to just be delivered. What, the, what if, you be, if you get delivered and you don't, you don't have a renewing of your mind, you are li- liable for victim to get to that bondage. Yeah, and also the susceptibility of that period. In terms, there's like a, I think it's in Proverbs, or there's a verse that talks about like you shouldn't waylay in, like basically don't spend time in areas where there's sinners, you know, when you still have that. It, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is that when you when you've been delivered, you shouldn't, um, you shouldn't make yourself so vulnerable. Like, you mm-hmm. should also recognize that you're still vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't open should, should also, it. You should also that. recognize that there's work to be done. Mm, that's a better way to say it. Exactly. That's you don't say, oh, I've been delivered from a spirit of love. Now, what? I can, I can go to go to clubs. Exactly. You are just launching yourself back to where you just left. Exactly, yeah. You know? And then let's, let's move forward. Yep. Let's go to what Moses says. And he says, do not be afraid. Ah, Lord. And this Exodus 13, yeah, this is why I 14. Yeah. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Like The first thing for me is that, like you were saying, when you experience deliverance, there's a window where you need to work on renewing your mind and who you surround yourself with is so critical. Mm. That's a good point. Because there's some people that will tell you it is better for us because you will face battles and yeah. confrontations. The enemy will not let you go easily. Mm. But I said that when, it, when, it, when the demon is cut out of a man, it goes to walking through that place and finding no rest, comes back with seven more wicked demons. And if you come back and you see the house is clean, mm. but there's nobody there, what does it do? Seven more wicked demons. Mm. 
Are you serious? Deliverance is de- if you're not willing to put the work in after, deliverance can actually be counter for more dangerous for you. Because you think you can, you can cut out a devil, you don't put in the work to not renew yourself and to consecrate yourself to the Holy Spirit. That devil is gonna come back with seven more wicked demons. You have maybe you had depression once in a month. You're gonna have depression every day now. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the devil this is this Egypt's Pharaoh Israelites is an example of is a type of the world, the church, and the salvation of the Lord. Mm. When you get delivered, just know that there's an automatic. Uh, you know, in boxing, when if uh, if when you fight and the fight was good, yeah. In sometimes in some contract, but they scheduled a rematch. Mm-hmm. In every deliverance, the devil has already scheduled a rematch. Mm, I didn't know that. You <laughs> did that with boxing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not familiar with boxing with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to say here. Mm. <laughs> Just so that whenever you engage in spiritual warfare and you break out of a particular bondage, the devil already enacts a rematch clause. <laughs> it's gonna come back. Right? Yeah. It's gonna come back. And if you if in that time frame you are not surrounding yourself with the right people, you might be fall victim again, like you might be surrounding yourself with people that will tell you, yeah, it's not better to just go back to the time when uh, this, this, this is what they say. Ah, wasn't that better when you were just depressed once a week? Yeah. Now you're depressed uh, seven times a week. Mm. They'll they they make you entertain and tolerate oppression. Yeah. It's not God. I have always believed it is not God's will for like someone someone so told me something that um there was there was a a person who who was gay mm-hmm. and Christian. He was like, well. I know I'm gay, and I do believe that the, the Christianity does not endorse homosexuality, but I, I, I abstain from any. I, I'm still gay, yeah. but I abstain from engaging in homosexual behavior. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hmm, it's not God's will for you to suppress evil. Yeah. It's, for, it's God's will to cast it out. Mm. You know? Yeah. That's what the world, the world teaches you. You know, you have. You, <laughs> you see someone telling you, I'm hearing voices. Or I have split personality in order. They they take it to therapy. They, they manage the evil. Mm-hmm. They manage how to okay, how to deal with it, how to suppress the depression. No, no, no. God's will is not for you to suppress these things. It's for you to cast it out. Mm. You know. Yeah. So we have, to be care- again. we have to be careful about what we're listening to and what we're entertaining in this time where we are supposed to be renewing our minds. Mm. Don't entertain things that make you. And tolerate evil in any measure. We have to, we have to go for complete and absolute deliverance in all things, mm. all things. Christ did not. Christ was tempted on every side, but was not found guilty. He didn't suppress evil. He dealt with it completely. You know. Mm. And I, th- I think that this verse also points out the importance of of leadership mm. and why it's so important to go to church, to also have mentors and and people that you can confide in and you can walk with and they can provide you guidance during this time that and that Christianity and your faith is not supposed to exist in a, a silo by yourself mm-hmm. right but and, or just with your peers too with people who are at the same level as you because as you can see here the Israelites in terms of with they, their peers they would have ran back to Israel right they would have ran into the arms of destruction but because they were you know they had another, the guidance another, another, the leadership of Moses yeah 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 they were able to 
it, it, he was able to encourage them in that they should and stand for them. exactly and influence them. That's the important part. Mm. To stand. So, what does it mean to be still? Because that, to me, the verses thirteen and fourteen, they brought me a lot of comfort. But I also don't know if I fully understand what it means to be still. For, for me, this is how I interpret it. So. It says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I think like 13 and 14 to me is a perfect depiction of what our battles are supposed to look like mm -hmm. as Christians today. The kind of spiritual warfare we, we are supposed to be fighting. No, we have a role to play. Mm -hmm. But Paul said, having done all to stand, still stand. Most, events, I don't, I don't know what percentage, but I, I believe this. A significant percentage of our battles as Christians is standing. Mm. There is a time to attack the enemy and run him back. But a lot of times, the, 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 the warfare we are engaging in is to be unmoved. Mm -hmm. God has put you somewhere, stand your ground. Enforce the victory. Because remember, we are fighting from victory, not, from, not for victory. So we're not chasing victory. Mm -hmm. Right? We're not, we're God already, Christ already went on the cross for us. But most of the battle that we are fighting is to stand. What does that do for me now? It changes the it changes the arena and the perspective of the battle for me. For example, how do I look at sickness? This is how I interpret sickness. I am the healed. Mm -hmm. The enemy is trying to make sick. Mm -hmm. I am the sick person trying to get healing. Mm -hmm. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. It's a different when you the, the, and the perspective matter because it it it, it uh, guides your approach in the warfare. Mm -hmm. I will say that again. In sickness, I am the healed, right? Mm -hmm. The enemy is trying to make sick. So if I stand in my place of healing, it will prevail. Yeah. If I am the sick, if I think I am the sick trying to find healing, I will start chasing healing. Mm -hmm. I won't be able to stand still. Yeah. What that does is that it gives you confidence. Yeah. You are fighting from a place of confidence. You have changed the battleground so that you have, you know, I think in warfare they say the one that has high ground has the advantage. If yeah. you are running downhill, uphill, yeah. you are at a disadvantage. Yeah. You, you, are, you are fighting a losing battle. Yeah. If you are going from top down, you are fighting a winning battle. So when you approach things as um, the healed enemy trying to make sick, you put the enemy at a disadvantage. And put yourself at an advantage and you, your job is to just stand your ground mm. i think part of it too also when you're when you're standing and you're waiting to see salvation it also shows an ex like it's also um an act of expectancy and an exercise i feel like in faith and exercising like your belief right mm -hmm. because if you're if you're literally if you're just standing right and you're saying that i am basically he said that they should stand firm and you will see the deliverance mm. so part of standing is like waiting and expecting to see the deliverance not that it's by your own might or by your own work that the deliverance will happen mm -hmm. yeah, and that's I, I, not I, to I, say don't listen to what God is telling you to kind of do. you know do and, we'll, moments, we'll, and we will see that he, he does give us instructions yeah. but like you were saying now how are we supposed to start because you can start in all kinds of ways because you stand because you, you're right because someone is standing it doesn't mean that they're standing the way God intends for them to stand mm. two things two two things that qualify the way we're supposed to stand still and holding peace mm. 
says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which I will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall see again no more. For the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Unexpecting deliverance. Yes. There, 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 there are two things that qualify the way we stand. Not standing like hoping, oh God, will God deliver me? No, no. Yeah. Stand still. The only way you can stand still in front, even this is like in front of these six hundred chariots, is if you have if you have an understanding of the God that, of the God that is fighting for you. Mm-hmm. The only way Moses could confidently declare to these people to stand still is if he knew that God would fight for them. Say, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, for the Lord your God will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. So, that for me, those are very big revelations because. In this battle, you must hold your peace. Mm. That's the evidence of your standing expectation and faith in God. Confidence in Him. Mm. Yeah, peace is... Peace is big because it doesn't make sense to be... You, you say you're standing firm, but you're you're, you're shaking. Mm, you're trembling. Yeah. <laughs> you're afraid. Mm. <laughs> that this is not going to work out. And that to me... That is a very different life. You know, that is a very different experience than standing confidently and knowing mm. that deliverance is on its way. Or that actually, the, the, the deliverance it's has here. already happened. It's yeah, here. It's, it's here. here. It's here. Yeah. You just have to manifest. It's already yeah. here. It's already that's, here. That's such a different, even, I mean, I'm just thinking about like, like in terms it, of application to my life, that's, those are two different Emirates. And, 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 and just, persons. just so our audience can understand what this means, like let's go back to this sickness example. What what that what this looks like is this: the moment you get sick, you automatically you automatically know that healing is on its way. Like you're you're not chasing it. You or you've already been. You, 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 you you're not chasing the healing. Yeah. You are standing to just see the manifestation of what has already been done. Yeah. Like you are standing still, because you know. Healing has to come to you because where you are is where God is, and where God is, there is healing. Yeah. Now, the problem comes. This, this, this is the problem for most believers. The problem comes when we are trying to enforce this victory, but we are not where God has told us to be. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. The victory is in Christ Jesus. Now, God is the one that took them to the wilderness. So, guess what? There is, there must be deliverance in that wilderness. Now, if you go somewhere God did not tell you to go, you have exposed yourself to defeat from the enemy. God, now obviously, if you do cry out to God in His infinite mercy, He can always intervene. But the guarantee of your victory and the guarantee of your guarantee of your victory through standing is standing where God has called, told you to be. If you are where God has told you to be, all you have to do is stand and see the salvation of the Lord. If you're not where God has told you to be, you have to run mm. to where God has told you to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so when you are in line with God's will, your job is to stand and stand still and hold peace. Mm. The, you, and you cannot have that peace if you're not where God told you to be. It's impossible. The peace and the victory is not, not everywhere. It's not everywhere. Yeah. It is where God God has prepared it for you, where He told you to be. So, so we have to be constantly seeking. You know, the Bible said that there was a cloud that was following them. Yeah. They were with the presence of the Lord. Yeah. And where the presence of the Lord is, all the things that are made available, free of charge. Yeah. 
And also, it also should show us too that we shouldn't always be quick to think we're not where God wants us to be just because, because yeah, difficulty comes. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Because sometimes that's where He wants you to be, and He wants you to stand and see the victory you're about to experience. Mm-hmm. And you can only experience that victory if you're there. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense to, or you shouldn't be discouraged. Right. Yeah. And I'm not going to talk about this idea of holding your peace. No, I like the way the Bible phrased it. Because it says hold your peace. When you think about holding something, that means it's not automatic. Yeah. If I have to hold my peace, that means I can let go of my peace. Mm. It doesn't mean God is not fighting for me. You know, a lot of times they make things more stressful than they need to be. Once you know you are where God wants you to be, once you can see God's hand around you, don't rob yourself. Of the victory mm-hmm. or the experience yeah the experience of the salvation yeah. of the lord yeah because peace is to be held it's a very strong visual for me it's to be held like I, i'm just imagining someone gripping it for dear life mm. now god's god's salvation if you're where he told you to be it will happen regardless yeah it can either happen with you holding on to peace <laughs> or with you not holding on to peace yeah you know, and when we when we do not hold on to peace, we now expose ourselves to another attack again. Yeah. You know, psychologically. Yeah. So in all things, we have to remember that once we have we are confident that our God is we are where God has called us to be, we are standing still on the salvation of the Lord is, is going, is about to be made manifest, we have to hold on to our peace. Do not let anxiety and fear because if you don't hold on to your peace, anxiety and fear creeps in. And that's liable to now move you. Yeah, and take you back to that mindset that we were talking about before. Yeah. Away from deliverance. Yeah. So why do people run anyway? If, if you're confronted with danger, why do you run? Fear, yeah. So peace is something to be... Peace is actually what we should be fighting for. Mm. In, in in a situation like this, where we're confronted with challenges, and we, are no, we know that we are where God has taught us to be, Stand still, let God fight for you, and you fight. The only fight we have there and there is to hold on to peace. Mm. I also think the verse 15 is interesting because it says, The Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Mm. Why do you think God took this like posture, like, Bro, what are you, like, what are you, why are you crying at? Like, what are you doing? It kind of caught it caught me off guard because it's like they were in a situation of distress. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like okay, it makes sense that you know Moses would be, you know, that one's knee jerk reaction would be like God help, you know. For me, two things. I, I, I like I think it's very interesting that Moses comes out here and acts like this is Mr. Tough guy. Says, oh, this is the chance they will be destroyed. Yeah. Like you know, hold your peace. And the guy is crying. <laughs> the guy is straight up crying. Like this is how you. This is what. This is what trusting God looks like, man. Like you're like, guys, listen. God is going to deliver us. Don't worry. You hold on to your peace. What does he go and do? God, what are you doing? I need you. <laughs> I just pictured him crying. But and God says, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. For me, for me, I don't know if everyone will agree with this. This is how I take this. There's a time to pray mm. and there's a time to advance. Mm. James says, faith without works is dead. This is the perfect example or illustration of that. 
Mother's gonna have been crying, 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 because we just we don't have to pray. Mm-hmm. Without making putting in the work. Yeah. There's time to pray and there's time to advance. Yeah. You cannot do a there's no divine substitution for those two. There's a time to cry out to the Lord and there's a time to advance. Mm. Advance under the instruction of the of, of the Holy Spirit and God Almighty. A time to pray, a time to cry out to the Lord and you, can't, you cannot cry out to the Lord 24 20, 20, 20, 7. Because why did you cry in the first place? To advance. Yeah. You know? Yeah, especially if he's already. Because maybe. I feel like maybe why God reacted in this way is that Moses had already said, you know, that the Lord would deliver them from this situation, mm-hmm. right? So it's like we usually cry out for deliverance. So if you already know that you you're going to be delivered, what's the. Like. The crying out, I guess, is not necessary in this situation. It's not so much. I don't. I don't think the crying out is unnecessary. I think the crying out can be overdone. Mm. We can be overwhelmed in it and get so wrapped up in crying out to the Lord that we forget that after the crying, there's an advancement that needs to happen. You know. I, I want to say that it's wrong to cry. Me, I, me, I cry to the Lord. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it's just the way that God is like, why are you crying out to me? Yeah, when you kind of know what to do. Yeah, I guess I feel like he's already had the revelation that he's going to be delivered. Right? Mm-hmm. He's already told the people, like, hey, we just need to stand. We're, you know, we're going to be delivered. Mm-hmm. So, to me, if you already, technically, if you already know you're going to be delivered, the next thing you should be asking, okay, what's how? Right. Not because crying out to me suggests like, oh. a, like help. Okay, helplessness. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot of times some of my prayers, some of my prayers are born out of unbelief. Mm. And then miss. It seems like his prayer in this instance was misguided in terms yeah, of God helped direct him like. This is what you should be focused yeah, yeah, on. Yeah, a lot of misguided and a lot of prayers are misguided and a lot of prayers are uh, born out of unbelief. Mm. Because sometimes we get instructions from God to do something. And instead of doing the very thing God told us to do, what do we do? We find ourselves praying. It's like, you tell me, yo, bro, I'm hungry. I'm like, okay, there's food, there's Chinese in the fridge. Yeah. So just go warm it up. <laughs> right? And he tell me, Okay, I'm hungry. You begin to cry that you're hungry. And I'm like, yo, there's Chinese in the fridge. Go warm it up. You're like, I'm hungry. And it's like, yo, are you nuts? <laughs> like, are you actually hungry? <laughs> like, you know, it's like a lot of our petitions for petitioning to or petitions to God are born out of the fact that his answer the first time we petitioned him. Yeah. <laughs> I want to take it seriously. Yeah. I'm kind of like, please, 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 please. Come here. Why are you crying to me? <laughs> oh, I really know what to do. You open your own mouth yeah. and told them that the Egyptian they see today, they shall see no more. Mm. And then in this activity of like raising his staff, right, and stretching out his hand is something that Moses had already done in the past with the um, when he was inflicting the plagues. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing I don't I don't do think that is necessary though, as we see here, is that in the advancements we, we also need to advance under the instruction of God. Because mm. while God said, "Why do you cry to me?" Tell the children of Israel to go forward. He now instructs him on to lift up his rod 
and stretch out his hand over the sea and divide it. So, even in, in all things, we have to go under the guidance of God. There's a time to pray and there's a time to, to work. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we do both. But you cannot spend time praying about things that you need to be advancing on. Mm-hmm. You know? Or you can't be. Because it seems like he should have prayed, right? Yeah. But I think it's the posture of the prayer yeah. that I think we're getting in. Yeah. So there's a time for prayers to be cries out to God. There's a time for prayer for instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like, yeah, so there's a time for prayer of deliverance. And then there's a time for prayer of instruction. There's a time for prayer of pray. You know, like, mm-hmm. so it, it seems like it was just. So it's not the fact that he was praying that was off. It was the type of prayer and the posture yeah. of his prayer. Right. And the motivation for the prayer. Mm, yeah. Because like we were saying, sometimes you pray and God gives you an instruction and instead of obeying the instruction, you want to keep praying. Yeah. <laughs> and about about that same thing. Yeah. It's almost like you didn't believe or you don't trust or you're just being lazy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of irresponsible. Yeah. It's irresponsible for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And God's like, don't don't cry to me, just <laughs> do <laughs> And then he gives he gives him some instruction about what he should do with his rod to divide the sea. And he says, And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea, and I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow. I really appreciate this because God is so specific here. Mm-hmm. Like that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's the com- specificity. Yeah, don't worry. They're gonna follow you. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what's gonna happen. <laughs> Stupid. Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariot, and his horses. And then he explains it. Mm-hmm. <gasps> this is serious. So when you pray, even though Moses didn't pray the right type of prayer, right? God was faithful and responded in such a way with specifics of what you should do what was going to happen in response and why mm-hmm. that's amazing like i don't think i've ever experienced that yeah that type of clarity yeah that's that's that's, that's next level bible says that some prophets he talked to them in dreams with moses face to face that's what that's what i'm trying to get to yeah God is telling me, okay, so this is what's going to happen. This is what you should do. This is exactly what will happen in and response. This is, and this is why it happened. Yeah. I'm like, that's, 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 that's great. <laughs> that, that is where, that is what I desire. That level of relationship. Yeah, that, that level of intimacy. Hmm. Oh, like Abraham. God goes, before I murk this Sodom and Gomorrah, when I do this kind of thing without fence, oh, that, that thing scares, that thing just like challenges me, like, God said about somebody that I can't do this kind of thing without first consulting my son. Yeah. My God consulted before you. Goals. Before you before yeah. destroy yeah. any of this country. <laughs> it came out there. It just comes out. It's like, like, like now, nah, what is the time I can get out? What's like I can intercede? Yeah. That's the religious and Christian thing to say. So now I can intercede. It's like, that's I can get out. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I do love my people and stuff like that. But I just, I, I just want a level of intimacy with God where we can have, like, I, I, you know, there's there's faith in God, but there's no God. Mm. God knowing you. Yeah. You know, just God can tell you, yeah, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And this is why it's happening. Mm. 
that kind of clarity is, is cannot be the, the, the value cannot be measured. No. If your mood is not, when you are seeing the Egyptians coming in the river, you are even happy. Like, yeah. Come on. You are about to get money. Whereas some of the other people like that, 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 that don't know what's going on. That is it. They're holding on to their they peace. Their hand is on their head. It's peace. They have thrown the peace. They, the they have thrown the peace in the Red Sea. Their hand is on their head like, hey, oh, the end is near. Oh, we are finished, yo. <laughs> some people are literally walking through that deliverance like that. Yeah. Do you realize that? Some people are currently. God is taking them through that deliverance and their hand is on their head like we are finished though. Which is crazy though because imagine this, you're walking through, you're on dry ground, the sea is split. And you are so You're still like, yo, to go. <laughs> you're like, no, I'm done. Yeah. So at that point, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not spiritually alone, you're not even confused. Like, what is going on? The sea is parting. It's about to swallow me. The cloud is behind us. These guys are coming. We're all going to die here. Yeah. You know, if you're not careful, if you're not careful, that might be your mindset. So mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I just found that in my spirit right now. Uh, for, for, for those of us who are listening, I really, I really felt this in my spirit. Some of you guys are going through your deliverance and you are you are thinking it's the uh, the end of you. Mm. But you don't understand. No. That is that is your deliverance. You are you, you are going through things in your life right now and you're thinking this thing is going to destroy. But you don't even know that very thing is your deliverance. Because some of the things you came into that situation with, they're not when you come out, they're going to die there. You'll never see them again. again. I love that verse where he says that you The thing that you are saying right now, when you are done with some of these experiences, it, I, I felt it in my spirit. And this is what I felt. So people's hands are on their heads. Mm. This is this is something I sound funny, but this is what I feel in my spirit. So people's hands mm. on their heads, shouting, "Hey, whoa, God, why, God, why, God, why?" But that very thing you're asking God why is the thing God is using to deliver you from enemies within and enemies without. Mm. So don't be scared. Be confident in the God whom you serve. For deliverance is near. Deliverance is near. Just stand. Once you are confident, you are aware. And, and I'm specifically speaking to people who know that we are, they are where God has called them to be. And you're wondering, how can God come into this place and these things are happening? Mm. Once you are confident that where you are is where God, God, God has called you to be, stand still and hold your peace. Folks, because some of the things that you came with you into that place are not living with you. Mm. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. And then, let's move on to 19 and 20. Yeah. And maybe we can wrap up um, yep. pretty soon. It says so I, I think this goes back to the what you were talking about about God differentiating and separating him separating his people from those who are not his people and the, the favor so we get that visual of the so that I'm just gonna read it over again um, or do you want to read your version yeah and the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them and the pillar of cloud went before them and stood behind them so it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that the one did not come near the other at all. So other I'm trying other. to draw a visual here. So we said the angel is went behind the Israelites, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a pillar of the cloud. They also followed the angel. Also moved from the front and stood behind them. So this pillar had been giving them light during the darkness and I think it was like a cloud during the day. The cloud during the day and then yeah. a fire, fire or fire, night. yeah. By night. By night. And so think about it as so you have this angel with the pillar 
right? And then there's Israel in front, and behind is um, Egypt. Yeah, for those of you who are visual, just thought I'd break that down. I like this part where it says that the cloud was simultaneously light Mm. to Israel and darkness to Egypt. What a line in the sand. Yeah. You see, the, 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 one of the hallmarks and the distinctive marks of being of being a um, child of God is like some what is that the stone that was rejected? That same stone is Christ, right? Mm-hmm. That stone is simultaneously our cornerstone, our chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling mm-hmm. to the people that rejected him. Mm-hmm. See, because People are looking for the way to eternal life, the way to God, the way to this, the way to that, the way to, the way to happiness. Yeah. And Christ, I believe that when the Bible says Christ is a stone of stumbling, Christ stumbles there because if they can find it outside of him, they don't need him. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So he has to be a stone of stumbling. He is, we can't stumble in their efforts to reach what can only be gotten through him. Mm. But now, for us, he is still like us stable in that thing. So in this scenario here, we see that the cloud, which represents the presence and the glory of God, is simultaneously light unto the children of Israel and darkness unto the Egyptians. Mm-hmm. You know. So we see that there, 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 there is a difference in how it's the same thing, but the way they are experiencing it. It's very it's different. different. Yeah. So now bringing it back to real life, one of the hallmarks, one of the marks of being a child of God is that when people go. And they find and they cannot succeed, they find failure. You go to that same place and you succeed. Mm. Because the same system that cannot work for them, because you're a child of God, must work for you. Mm. And that's favor right there. It's favor, right? Yeah. Now I'm bringing it back to the favor of God. That's where the favor of God comes. The favor when the favor of God is what makes that distinction. Yeah. That this same thing can be light for you and darkness for Egyptians. Mm. You know? Yeah. God's favor draws distinctions. It draws distinctions. I pray that every one of us listening to this podcast will experience that distinction. Will live distinct, distinguished lives. That we will see the difference. Like where people go and they cannot find success, Mm. you will go to those same places. For you won't even even bring the success. Or they experience. Have you ever heard a story about someone's experience in a place? Right, very negative, very tainted. Then you go to that same place. Your experience is totally different. Mm-hmm. Very pop. To me, that that is one like picture of favor, where you can one person can go in an environment and have a horrible time, mm-hmm. but a child of God can step into that same environment and be guarded from all those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but then it says, "Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one, and it gave light by night to the other, so that one did not come near." The other at all. Mm. That one did not come near the other at all. See, the, the presence of God is is like a a, a hedge of protection. Mm-hmm. The Bible says, "Light has no fellowship with darkness." Mm-hmm. The light has no fellowship with darkness. And what this thing here teaches me, and I feel it in my spirit right now, is that when you when we learn to carry the presence of God, it's built is like a border. It shields us from the darkness. Mm. It shields. It simultaneously gives us light and shields us 
for the darkness so that evil cannot come near us. Mm. And also, I think another aspect to that is the fact that favor requires the presence of God, right? Because the angel was there, mm. right? And that 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 is necessary to making that distinction and the experience of that favor, right? The favor of God is where yeah. God is. Yeah. You're looking, you're looking for the favor of God. You have to find where He is. Exactly. When you can carry, when you can carry. When you can carry the presence of the Lord, it's a shield. It's a shield. It blinds. It bl- It blinds the enemy from seeing you. Mm. The, the, the devil walking around with a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But when they carry the presence of the Lord, it blinds the eyes of the enemy. They can't see you. Mm. When. The two angels went to Sodom and Gomorrah and they came inside Lot's house. And the people of the of, of Sodom and Gomorrah wanted to come and have sex with them. But that the angels blinded their eyes. Did you get that? Yeah. So the, 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 the presence of the Lord shaped the Colossians 3 for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Like you are shielded, you are you are hidden. You are in a secret place. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There are secret places. The secret place is in the presence. That's that's some place which can be spiritually. The enemy can't find you. That's what I feel in my spirit. We're reading this right now. When there is a realm of favor, there is a realm of glory. There's a there's a saturation with you can there's a saturation point you can reach with the presence of God where you are hid in a secret place mm. that the light of God surrounds you and it is simultaneously darkness to the kingdom of darkness yeah. they will look for you to, to do this do this, do this you are hidden yeah. and also it, it also shows us that favor isn't just in this realm like we shouldn't just be seeking favor in the physical realm in terms of money. promotion money yeah like Success, you know, whatever our own definition of success D- is. Divine exemption. Mm. So battles, so people are fighting. Sickness place. Mm. The, the, the enemy releasing sickness upon the world. Sickness place. Yeah. Doesn't find you. Yeah. And there's some spiritual things that we're protected from. Yeah. Let me give you an example. In, in your workplace, that they are firing everyone in this division. Mm. They find everyone. They didn't fire you. Sickness place. Mm. You know, the secret place, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of God. So, so guys, just understand that there are secret places, there are places in God. For ye are dead and your life is hid. Colossians 3 verse 3, for ye are dead and your life hid in Christ with God. Hidden. Hidden. You know, contrast to Job. Job had a head of fire around him. He wasn't hidden, but there was a head of fire mm. around him. But this one is, this is, I feel like this is deeper. Yeah. This is carrying the presence of God everywhere. In this wilderness, everywhere the children of Israel went, that cloud that represented the presence of glory of the Lord went with them. They were carrying it and it was leading them. They were not, they were not leading it, it was leading them. Mm. And when the necessary time came, it came to dwell 
such that it was darkness upon the enemies. So there is a secret place, there is a place that God can keep you far from the rich and eyes. But the enemy does not know where it is. Yeah. They don't know how to find the address. The enemy will look for you, 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 you can't find you. You know? God is good, man. All right, I think that was verse 20, right? Mm -hmm. Do we have anything else that we want to go back on? Or? I think it's a good place to stop, but yeah. I, just want, I just want to draw more on this circuit because it's just kind of rumbling my spirit and I just pray that God will take us there. Because some, 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 some battles that we are facing, this seems to be the... Some Egyptians that we are seeing today, we really, we really do need to see them, see them more. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, some some things that we are facing, the enemy always tries to enact a re, a rematch. Sometimes maybe yeah, but some 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 the Egyptians that they saw today, they were supposed to see them no more. Yeah. No more. No more. No more. No more. So I, I just pray that as we as for those of us who are going through this process. That once we come out on the other side, at affliction, like it is now, I think it's now one, one seven, if I recall correctly, affliction shall not rise a second time. Affliction shall not rise a second time. As we are being delivered, as we come out of these things that are troubling us, there will be a permanence and finality to our deliverance. Because we will do the necessary work to renew our mind and to maintain. So we will abide. He that dwells in the secret place of the most shall abide under the shadow. The 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 secrecy of the place you are in God is contingent on your abiding. You have to stay there for it to. It's kind of like if I'm in the street I live on, mm -hmm. there might be someone that lives in my neighbor's house, but if they never come out of the house, I won't know that they're Yeah. Because I can't go in there. Yeah. But when you are always visiting. Yeah, I cannot time it. Okay, when they come, I can attack them. Yeah. But the way someone can be in a house and never come out. Yeah. And unless you enter that place, you will never know that they are there. Yeah. That's how it is. Mm -hmm. Maybe like, like, like Tupac. He's in Cuba. <laughs> he hasn't come out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm kidding, but you know, when we don't abide, when we are, when we become visitors of this secret place, we are exposing ourselves. Mm. We are giving the enemies windows of opportunity to attack. Mm. But he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the moment. Imagine if, as the cloud was moving in a particular direction, the Israelites just said, "We're not going with the cloud." You know? It doesn't work. It doesn't work that Step way. into darkness. Hmm. Mm. I just I just love that vision, man. The presence of the Lord blinds the enemy to you. Puts a distance. Mm. Makes a distinction and separation. Mm. Which I th I think in today's society sometimes we're scared of distinction and separation. We want to be monks. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. But we don't realize that in the kingdom, we are, the most high, it's necessary. The way the Bible is set up, we are almost designed to be countercultural. Yeah. Because everything that is of this world, God does not love. Yeah. And we are in the world, we're not of the world. So we're not supposed to be, we're not, we're not supposed to go with the world. We're supposed to influence. Mm. And not only that, the, the distinction is 
part of that distinction and drawing those lines is how we stay safe, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, in terms of, for the Israelites, it was, the distinction had to be made, right? For them to, that was part of their deliverance. Mm. In terms distinction is necessary to know this is safe, this is, this is where danger is. Mm. This is good, this is where evil is. Hmm. Right. This is where this is where light is. This yeah. is where darkness is. Yeah. I pray that God will distinguish every single one of us. Mm. Somehow, somewhere. I I, I want to go back to that thing I said about some of our listeners going through some things, and you're 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 stressed out. You're worried. You think this is the end, or you think this is the final <laughs> straw. You, you 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 can't take it. You're about to quit. But I just want to tell you that the Lord is saying that that very thing you're going through is the thing that He's using to deliver you. So stand still and hold your peace and see the salvation of the Lord. Because the enemy that came in with you, especially if it looked like, you know, God has a way of rounding up all your enemies. It's like they're all coming to you at one time. Yeah. But it's so that the deliverance will be complete and thorough. Mm. So that you'll never see. God does not want. God does not want. To, God does not want to take you through ten red seas mm. or five hundred red seas. No, the, all the whole army of Egypt descending at one time on the Israelites for a complete and utter deliverance. Mm. So the Egyptians who they see today, they will not see them anymore. Mm. That, mm, that's why that type that calamity is necessary. Yeah, it will seem like the whole world. All your enemies, they have had the coalition and they are pursuing you. Yes, and God has allowed it because the deliverance must be complete and thorough. Mm. And also understand that in deliverance, there's enemies within and enemies without. You know, enemies within and enemies without. God is going to do a complete job in the name of you. Mm. I pray for you in the mighty name of you. So I think we should round up. Yeah, uh, so what do we think the challenge is for this week? I mean, I, I feel like it's very clear in terms of what we've been talking mm-hmm. about. And so what did, what was it, was it wasn't correct to me. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, I, well, I guess things that we, I don't know, I guess sometimes I think of the challenge as just things that you should be praying for, you mm-hmm. know, or things that you should be attuned to be praying for. Because I... I mean, in this I, verse, I, I, we saw... That's a, a practical one and a, a prayer one. That's true. That's a good point. Um, hmm. Well, I guess hold your peace. Hmm. That's definitely a, a, a practical one and, and one that I think takes practice in terms of holding on to that peace. What does that look like for you during, you know, during the week? When, um, yeah, let, let's realize. let's make this week this week uh, extraordinarily peaceful week. Mm. Avoid conflict. Yeah. Avoid getting into situations in a positive way, of course. Yeah. Because you don't want to be walked over, ran over. Well, no, no, I wasn't even thinking that. You know, you know how you could say you're you're you you pay lip service to saying you're being peaceful, but inside you're. Mm. You're a mess. You know, like inside, you're thinking about what you want to do to harm X, Y, Z person. They yeah, will fight to hold that peace. Yeah. 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 It's okay. It, 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 it's, it's you can't control those feelings coming up, but don't let them dominate you. Yeah. Fight to hold your peace. Yeah. If you get in an argument with your girlfriend, with your boyfriend, your teacher, your classmate, group partner, 
whatever you do, make this a very peaceful week. Yeah. Alright, and then what do you pray about? Uh, and then, I guess the prayer point be one, the prayer of distinction. Mm. In really experiencing God's favor in that, that distinction. We forgot to, 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 to shine his favor on us so much so that it will, he will, it will cause a distinction between us yeah. and the rest of the bunch. My enemies, yeah. And yeah, in the and then I just I mean I think that you've prayed for those who are, are going through a tough time right now and and need to understand what that time is in terms of it's a, a time of deliverance and I, I just kind of echo that and that, that God will reveal to those of us who are going through that experience um, mm -hmm. that this is a time of deliverance and that the calamity and the uh, why it's so extreme is so that we will never see you know and also before those whose spirits can carry it mm. That this same clarity that God gave Moses in terms of when he cried out to him, he gave him very clear instructions on what to do, what will happen and why it happened. Mm. I pray, O oh God, for those who spirit and kind, O oh Lord, release it unto them in the yes, name of Jesus. Lord. Release that clarity unto them in the name of Jesus. Release it through dreams, visions, through other people. But somehow, somewhere, just give people instruction, clear instruction on what they need to do to facilitate this deliverance. Oh Lord, because you know in deliverance we have rules and responsibilities. Not, everything is not everything is not up to God. You have a role to play. Yeah. When God says move forward, you have to go forward in faith. Even if there's a red sea in front of you. Mm. Father, we thank you, oh Lord. Even as we round up right now, do you want to say brother? Yeah, sure. Uh, dear Lord, I just thank you for our listeners. I just thank you for the time that they are spending with us. I thank you for our time together now today, Father God. I thank you for the the messages that you have spoken through us, dear Lord, the the example of the Israelites that you're giving that you have given us. I thank you that your word is living, that it is applicable to now. I thank you that you are showing and revealing to us that your word is living and that it is applicable to now, Father God. I pray for every Red Sea that we will come across, Father God. I ask that you would prepare us and, and ready our ears to listen, Father God. Ready our hearts to be receptive to your instruction, Father God. Reveal to us what you want us to do, Father God, and the way you want it to be carried out. And help us to understand the why. Help us to, to seek to know the, the why and to seek to have this sort of intimacy with you as we saw with Moses, Father God. Amen. I just pray that you would, for those of us, for for those that have not experienced your favor, actually for anyone, Father God, for your children, help us to experience your favor, Father God. Help us to experience those lines that you've drawn in the sand, Father God, and in terms of shining your light upon your children, Father God, and and in just bringing darkness to the enemy so that they, we are not able to be seen or discovered by the enemy, Father God. I just pray for the challenges that we've posed to our listeners today. I ask that... Um, that you would just help them to hold their peace throughout the week, Father God. I pray for safety over our listeners. I pray Amen. for safety over ourselves. I pray that you would continue to do a good work through this podcast and Amen. that you would just, um, just bless our listeners, Father, for listening, for interacting with us, um, wherever they may be, and that you would just help continue this ministry, dear Lord. In Amen. Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. All right, y'all. 
Have a good one, guys. God bless you.